Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion, including the uh, gospel reading before the procession with palms. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem as he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples. He said, go into the village opposite you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tethered on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone should ask you, why are you untying it? You will answer, the master has need of it. So those who had been sent went off and found everything just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying this colt? They answered, the master has need of it. So they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks over the colt, and helped Jesus to mount. As he rode along, the people were spreading their cloaks on the road. And now as he was approaching the slope of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise God aloud with joy for all the mighty deeds they had seen. They proclaimed, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He said in reply, I tell you, if they keep silent, the stones will cry out. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue, that I might know how to speak to the weary a word that will rouse them. Morning after morning he opens my ear that I may hear, and I have not rebelled, have not turned back. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard. My face I did not shield from buffets and spitting. The Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my face like flint, knowing that I shall not be put to shame. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? All who see me scoff at me. They mock me with parted lips. They wag their heads. He relied on the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him if he loves him. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Indeed, many dogs surround me. A pack of evildoers closes in upon me. They have, played, they have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? They divide my garments among them, and for my vesture they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far from me. O my help, hasten to aid me. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, give glory to him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found in human and found human in appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend, of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Passion of the Lord Jesus Christ According to Luke The elders of the people, chief priests and scribes, arose and brought Jesus before Pilate. They brought charges against him, saying, We found this man misleading our people. He opposes the payment of taxes to Caesar and maintains that he is the Christ, a king. Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? He said to him in reply, You say so. Pilate then addressed the chief priests and the crowds. I find this man not guilty. But they were adamant and said, He is inciting the people with his teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee where he began, even to here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean, and upon learning that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was in Jerusalem at that time. Herod was very glad to see Jesus. He had been wanting to see him for a long time, for he had heard about him, and he had been hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at length, but he gave him no answer. The chief priests and scribes, meanwhile, stood by accusing him harshly. Herod and his soldiers treated him contemptuously and mocked him, and after clothing him in resplendent garb, he sent him back to Pilate. Herod and Pilate became friends that very day, even though they had been enemies formerly. Pilate then summoned the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought this man to me and accused him of inciting the people to revolt. I have conducted my investigation in your presence and have found this man, have not found this man guilty of the charges you have brought against him, nor did Herod, for he sent him back to us. So no capital crime has been committed by him. Therefore, I shall have him flogged and then release him. But altogether they shouted, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Now Barabbas had been imprisoned for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. And Pilate again addressed them still wishing to release Jesus. But they continued their shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate addressed them a third time, What evil has this man done? I found him guilty of no capital crime. Therefore, I shall have him flogged and then release him. With loud shouts, however, they persisted in calling for his crucifixion, and their voices prevailed. The verdict of Pilate was that their demand should be granted. So he released the man who had been imprisoned for rebellion and murder for whom they asked, and he handed Jesus over to them to deal with as they wished. As he led them away, they took hold of a certain Simon, a Cyrenian, who was coming in from the country, and after laying the cross on him, they made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd of people followed Jesus, including many women who mourned and lamented him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep instead for yourselves and for your children. For indeed, the days are coming when people will say, Blessed are the barren, the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. At that time, people will say to the mountains, Fall upon us, and to the hills, cover us. For if these things are done when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Now two others, both criminals, were led away with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him and the criminals there, one on his right, the other on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. They divided his garments by casting lots. The people stood by and watched. 
The rulers, meanwhile, sneered at him and said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the chosen one, the Christ of God. Even the soldiers jeered at him. As they approached to offer him wine, they called out, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Above him there was an inscription that read, This is the king of the Jews. Now, one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, Have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly, for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes. But this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, Amen. I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It was now almost noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon because of an eclipse of the sun. Then the veil of the temple was torn down the middle. Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion who witnessed what had happened glorified God and said, This man was innocent beyond doubt. When all the people who had gathered for this spectacle saw what had happened, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances stood at a distance, including the women who had followed from him from Galilee, Galilee and saw these events. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carl Denke, Sylvia Bloom. Two very different people with something very much in common. Their families, their friends, their neighbors thought they knew them. And then Denki lived in Prussia in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. He grew up on a farm. But after his father died when Denki was 25, he set out on his own, eventually selling meat for a living. He was an organist and a cross-bearer in his neighborhood Lutheran church and well-liked in his community, often called by the nickname Papa. But upon his self-inflicted hanging at the age of 64, it was discovered that he had murdered and cannibalized roughly 30 to 45 homeless people and vagrants over the years. Bloom, a widow, lived in a modest one-room Manhattan apartment and took the subway everywhere, including to her job, working as a secretary in a law firm, until she retired from full-time work at the age of 96. That's right, 96. When her niece Jane would come to take her elderly uh, aunt out to lunch, Jane would always pick up the tab. After all, Aunt Sylvia lived simply, and she didn't want her tipping into what little money she earned. When Sylvia died at age 97, however, she left a multi-million dollar estate, including more than $8 million, donated to charity. You think you know someone, right? That's kind of how I feel on this Palm Sunday. I, I thought I knew Jesus pretty well, but then we hear in St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. The passage from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians that we hear today is thought to be the words of an early Christian hymn. As with any scripture, of course, most of us, myself included, heavily depend on the work of translators to understand the, the words of scripture. Paul's letters were originally written in Greek. Well, as it turns out, the word though, or its Greek equivalent, didn't appear in the original 
letter. And the word rather is perhaps better translated as but, or an old-timey yay that you would find in, an, in old English church hymns. Small changes, maybe, to the text, but significant. So let's read that same passage with those words properly translated. Christ Jesus, being in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Yea, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. Instead of Jesus emptying himself and becoming a slave in spite of being God, he does it precisely because he is God, because that's who God is. Now go back and listen again to our reading from Isaiah, the Psalm, and the two Gospels with that in mind. With that in mind. Our, our first Gospel reading, which is read before the entrance procession and recalls Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, tells us that Jesus rode, rode into the holy city on a colt, which is a young horse or a donkey. First of all, Jesus didn't have one, which is why he asked the disciples to find one for him. So Jesus is making the intentional decision to make an entrance. Yet he doesn't ride on a war horse like a conquering hero. Instead, he rides a beast that would signal his desire for peace, recalling the prophecy of Zechariah chapter 9, verses 9 to 10. This is who Jesus is, because this is who God is. In the shortened form of the Passion reading, which we read, which begins with Jesus's first appearance before Pilate, Jesus is declared innocent, not once, but at least five times, three times by Pilate, one time by a thief who was crucified near Jesus, and finally by the centurion after Jesus's death. Pilate spoke up for Jesus, defended him, yet his own people condemned him, and he said nothing in his own defense, instead praying for his killers. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Because this, who's, this is who Jesus is. This is who God is. Jesus fulfills Isaiah's prophecy of the servant of the Lord in our first reading. He does not turn back from his mission, sent to those who beat and spit upon him. And he is not disgraced, Isaiah says. The shame would have, is not in being spit upon and beaten. The shame would have been to abandon his ministry rather than to complete it. Because this is, this is who Jesus is. This is who God is. Psalm 22 was one of the many psalms that Jesus likely had memorized and prayed frequently as, as in, his human, in, in his human life. In Matthew's Passion narrative, in fact, Jesus cries out, cries out the words, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me from the cross? The words of the psalm are heartbreaking. The, the psalmist is surrounded by enemies, tortured, stripped, his possessions sold, mocked. He's even starved. And yet look at the final verses of the psalm. He's triumphant. We don't hear of a victory over his enemies. But instead, he praises God in the throes of what seems like humiliation. Why? Because this is who Jesus is. This is who God is. And so St. Paul says, furthermore, in the same hymn, because of this, God greatly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name. Because of this, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend of those in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Because of this, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because that's who Jesus is. 
That's who God is. Huh. You think you know someone, right? And we profess to be his disciples and sons and daughters of the Father, which means that that passage from Isaiah, that psalm and the story of the passion just isn't just about him. It's about us too. As people of peace, falsely accused, spit upon, mocked, and crucified, we enter into his glory. Sunday doesn't come unless Monday through Saturday come first. The master has need of it. May Almighty God bless you this holy week, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great day.